Hey everybody, this is Bob, and uh, welcome everyone to a new, a new conversation, this time with Doug Thompson. Doug, how are you doing tonight? I am better than I deserve, Bob. How about you? Oh, pretty good. good. We were just ch chatting a little bit uh, ahead of this just to, uh, you know, kind of shoot the breeze. Uh, yeah, loosen the Just to get course. you comfortable. Yeah. So I can ask you all these hard-hitting questions that... Uh, Too much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, my first question is... Why did you agree to talk to a blue cartoon cat again? Well, oh, again, I like how you put the again <laughs> to that. Because <laughs> I wanted to see if actually the cat would show up. You know, I didn't, it could yeah. be a chicken or a dog. You just oh, yeah, know. it could be something else. That's true. Yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, Doug, um, we actually talked for your show a while back. Yeah, and your episode uh, drops pretty soon. Yeah. Hey, that's great. We should mention that uh, DougThompson.com, I think, is your thing. Actually, look, look at that. I put it on there the we screen. go. It's like magic. You're like magic. Like I knew what I was doing, maybe wow. a little bit. Just only minor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I uh, I think you sent me something at some point in time uh, uh, about that. And I said, I want to look at something. And so I started looking into this. And I, wa I went and I watched your um, TED Talk. Oh. Thank you. Uh, Is that number like, 12, 13 views, I think? <laughs> I didn't look at that, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's not my concern so much. No. I just thought it was really interesting because you were talking you. about uh, storytelling. And then I thought to myself, hey, you know, I was on uh, Doug's thing, his show, and we talked about, you know, my junk. But it would be nice to hear more about what he's got going on because he's got this cool TED Talk and so I'm like, well, hey, do you want to talk to me again? And so we're here tonight. So Cool. As long as I don't have to stand in a red circle, we're good. <laughs> Is that what you had to do for the TED Talk? Yeah, I, I learned a couple lessons in that one. One, don't wear red shoes because then it looks like you're floating around the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, the, I have these red uh, suede shoes that I'll wear for talks. It's, you know, one of those Jerry Seinfeld used to have a you know, Superman uh, figurine somewhere in a scene mm -hmm. and i said well okay i'm just going to have these red these red shoes which worked great except when i looked at the ted talk i said Ooh, don't shoot it from a distance because it just really looks strange so. <laughs> <laughs> you know i didn't even notice that to be honest with you uh you uh i was listening and and paying attention rather than looking at your shoes i was uh, just thinking right. ruby doug's ruby slippers but that may not uh, yeah. be <laughs> well i needed to click my heels a few times that was um you know, I had been on stage and talking for decades and I, you know, I would talk to people that would have this fear of, you know, getting on stage and things like that. And it had been so long since I had that, I didn't know what they were talking about until then. And I was like, okay, I understand this again. This is, this is, you know, it was 12 minutes of terror. It was <laughs> <that's> what, <laughs> what it felt like. I mean, there was a lot, of, you know, I put it all on myself. It was, um, you know, I, I had to live up to the story I was playing in my head, which mm -hmm. very rarely let your is... inner bully get to you. Apparently. Yeah. yeah apparently Simon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, he was, he was, he was there all, all the time. And then, um, the, the fact that I had to do it the same exact way two days in a row with the same clothes mm -hmm. on, cause they filmed oh, right. the dress rehearsal. Then they filmed gotcha. the actual thing. Yeah. And then it was spliced the best bits together. To do that, which they did a really good job of editing of that, I got to give them credit. Okay, for you that. could you could pick out which uh, which day was which. 
Yeah, there, there's one, if you know what to look for, I'm holding a remote in one and I didn't hold it in the, in the other day um, at, at a certain point in time that I did that. So Continuity. Yeah, it's, it's continuity. a little nuance. Yeah, it was a little small <laughs> one. Yeah, but, it, you know, uh, somebody that likes to do that for TV shows and stuff would pick up on that, you know, got a glove on, glove off, things like that. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the other thing was that, you know, I just, I was just terrified. I, I, I was trying to live up to what I played in my head. I also, they, I, because of, they were filming it, they had the cameras and the lights aimed at that red circle. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen a, t- they, they're varying in different sizes that they have. Right. And I'm a pacer. I go around. I like to get in front of different parts of the audience. I've been known to leave stage on a few occasions and stuff like that, which for me, it's an energy release. And, and I yeah. was just, you know, I, I was had all this energy I couldn't get rid of. I, I was like a cage, cage lion <laughs> or circus bear, whatever, whatever was the best fit. And so that, that didn't feel good. Um, and it just, it was just weird. So, I mean, I, but I put it all on my, I couldn't watch it for the first year that it was there because in my head, I played it one way. And at the end of the day, regardless how many people told me it was, it was good. They liked it and they learned something from it. Um, I couldn't watch it till you know about a year. Then it, it cleared out, and I watched it. It wasn't wasn't bad. So it wasn't as bad as I was making out to be. The bully finally got tired of, you know, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score or whatever, <laughs> whatever they do for TED talks. <laughs> and you know, I, I watched it, um, and it was it was not so bad. So I I I, I can live with that now. And uh, I'm you know I'm proud of the work that we done that I've done. And you know every everything's a learning experience. So that you know if I go mm-hmm. back to do another one. Um, you know, I, I will do a couple things differently. So what was the, how did you get there? I mean, that would be my other question would be, sure. so, um, I mean, they don't just let everybody jump on stage and go to the red dot, do they? Or, <laughs> well, you know, my day job is a sales guy. I'm a tech sales mm-hmm. guy. So I, I employed my sales skills to this in that, uh, it was a, it was a smaller junior at college was putting it on. I went to mm-hmm. one that they had the year before that was their, their first one. And I went to it to sort of check out the competition. You know, could I do what their speakers did? And I felt I did. And I met the people that were running that one. And, you know, they said, well, these people will be running the next time. I said, look, I really want to be, you know, I want to, I want to participate next time. And they said, you know, they were going to let me know when the call for speakers came up. And sure enough, they did. The call for speakers came up, but I'd stayed in touch with them a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, again, it's sort of, you're trying to build that relationship so they at least know out of the thousands of people that apply, they recognize the name. They recognize right. who I am. So it's not a cold call. Right. And, you know, they let me know. Then they also had a, 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 they had a spelling error, grammatical error on their website. I let them know about. So I got some brownie points, I think, for doing it early on before anybody else found out. <laughs> um, but, but that was, you know, a sale. So I did that. I, I, I originally did the talk, um, you know, because I'd been turned down by two or three four, five, 10 other Ted talks that I'd applied to, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't apply that sort of methodology to it. And, you know, I had to shoot the video, the audition video, which basically it was filmed in chunks because I had to do what my, the, the talk I'd outlined. So they had some idea what it was about, what was going sure. on. I was very rough. I did it in a hotel room when I was in Seattle at a conference. So I had to do that at, <laughs> at night because, because I procrastinated the deadline. I, I kept, you know, the original script I wrote when, when I, I felt really good. I got, you know, you get in the zone sometimes and, and I wrote and it was 35 minutes. And I, said, I gotta cut yeah, it they down don't to, like that. 
no, I got to cut it down to 15, you know, for a mm -hmm. rough cut. And then I could probably trim a little bit more. So, you know, trying to trim stuff out is hard uh, when you're trying yeah. to still, because, because there's a lot of richness and texture I added to the story, which is, is nice. And it's, you, you like to read about it and it gives you some back time. But when you've got 12 minutes to get your point across, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you have to, how can I, thin this out to where the essentials, I can still make it a coherent story. It's still got enough texture that you, you know, that it's not um, too dry and get the point across. So mm -hmm. I got it down to about 15 minutes. That took a while. And then I had about a week left to shoot the video to go do it. And, and that was, you know, that's just the way I, unfortunately I tend to work as I work. I'm thinking about things regardless of talks, whatever in my head the whole time, mm -hmm. you know? And so by the time I get to, do it down, you know, put it together. It, it's usually a couple weeks before, before I put like slides or anything like that. And always, but I've been thinking about it the whole time. That's just my process. A background process and everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'm working a subroutine in the, in the background. Right. Trying to work this out. <laughs> it was like today I, I was interviewing somebody for my podcast today and it was, it was a dog trainer, which was mm -hmm. interesting. You know, sorry for the cat. They didn't train yeah, cats. The dog we, trainer. We thanks. Dog yeah. Trainer. yeah. <laughs> I thought I would prepare for my, my you, talk this way. I use dead cats to train these dogs, <laughs> especially blue ones. Yeah, blue cats were there. They that was the special <laughs> treats they had. And you know, he he talked about when he starts working with a dog, he goes to meet the dog where they live. And I said, that's when I talk about people telling a story. I and I did this to the TED Talk. I did, did this all of them. Is I want to start the story where the audience lives, something that mm -hmm. they've experienced, something so much like the dog. So he gave me the perfect story now that I can analogy I can use to sort of tell that, to make people sort of understand where it's at. Because if if you do that, if you're in the audience's frame of reference, then they feel comfortable, and mm -hmm. and they're more than likely to come along for the ride wherever you want to take them. So I, I use this in sales. I've used this in you know in tech sales and stuff the whole time. So. It's just a skill I've picked up you know, over time that I found to be very effective. Yeah. And so, so you, you, uh, so was this Ted, Ted talk kind of like a, it sounds like you, you set a goal, right? Yeah. A year out basically almost, yeah. uh, or more than a year out with all this. And then you're like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to give it a shot. Right. Cause you're not in total control of that, but, yeah. uh, it's a bucket list and, item. So I mean, yeah. I would have like, trying. I want to do one of these. And so yeah. I, I went about the process of getting it done is basically yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I, it was, uh, like I said, I've, I've done one there. One of my favorite, uh, Ted talks, he, he does this, um, the guy that now I can't remember his name, but he talks about, you know, it was always a goal of his to have done a Ted talk. Mm -hmm. He was in the Ted talk talking about in the past. He didn't want to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, now yeah, I'm doing but, it. So, uh, well, you know, to complicate matters even more, when we applied for it, they didn't have an exact date. They said it's going to be sometime in May. Mm -hmm. And my family and I had scheduled a, a vacation down uh -uh. to Cayman Islands. And, and luckily, well, luckily or whatever, it was the day after we returned was the talk. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, so you, so you got to do a lot of prep work down yeah, there. I'm walking on the beach doing my talk, you know, in the mornings and stuff, <laughs> trying, to, trying to do that before we had a whole day. Yeah. The, there was a lot of things that weren't optimal for, for the delivery of that. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, you have to work with whatever environment that you have to go do sure. it. You don't get the perfect thing all the time. So it's, it's, um, I didn't panic. I, I just, I just 
I was not comfortable the whole time. I mean, it was just, yeah. Yeah. And it's usually amazing considering the fact that you're obviously a very comfortable speaker in, you know, everyday life more so maybe than most uh, because of the nature of what you do. Um, And so then, yeah, it's interesting. So is it the, kind of the mythology, if you will, behind the TED talk or the kind of the gravitas of the situation that made you nervous or what, I mean, why was this, a, why would you say this is one of my goals? Why did you pick it? Well, you know, it, it's like the if, seal of approval. <laughs> you know, you, you've I've done the one TED of the talk things. seal of approval here. Yeah, exactly. Do they, give you a, do they give you a badge for that? No, but I've actually got a sign over here that's got my name on it that has oh, the whole okay. thing of that. So, so I've got that. Um, but yeah, is it, it was, paper it was or something... is it? Uh, is it? They give you something like a like I got this trophy. I don't know if you noticed this trophy on my desk here, but uh... no, no trophy. Hold on. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a placard. Let me put my earpieces back in. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of a placard. That's cool. I mean, that's yeah. something. That's actually it was, kind it was of trophy, wood trophy like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was nice. I so I keep it on my desk. It's yeah. something to remember. Remember that by. I mean, there's pictures and there's other things, but I've also got the flyer that you know that they handed out to go do that. Right. But it's um, it's uh, like I said, it was. But yeah, having it done, it was just something that that it's a stretch goal. It's like mm-hmm. you can't see behind me, but I have a couple posters from the two Iron Man triathlons that I've done. Yeah. And and those were. Look, I, when I grew up, I have, I still have asthma. It's just not as bad. When I grew up, if you had asthma, you, you, they, you were basically a vegetable you go sit on the, cause nobody wanted anybody to die during PE class. You know, I, Hey, I had asthma as well as a younger yeah. person. And I was, I never got to go outside, uh, in uh, grade school. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's yeah. just, you know, you're, you're put the there, you're the special person. Yeah. It, but if I'd go home, I'd be out playing with my friends and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, n- nothing ever happened, but. Nobody wanted yeah. that responsibility. So I, I, you know, when I got older, I, I got into, I saw this Iron Man where Julie Moss crawls across the, the finish line. It was pretty mm-hmm. famous. Got a lot of people into it. And I said, I want to do that sometime, you know, but I'd have to retire or something when I've got all day to train and do these other things. Well, as life has it, you don't always get exactly what you think. I had, mm-hmm. um, my wife had uh, lymphoma. And so I was volunteering. Uh, I went to this team and training thing that they, they, they say, you know, you can raise money for the cause and mm. you have a coach and you get to go do one of these endurance sports. So, so I chose that. And I actually went back um, as a mentor twice after that. I, I liked the experience so much. Mm. Wanted to give back. But my mentor at the time was um, <laughs> sales, of course. He, <laughs> he, was, he had the best, best job title yet to date. In that he worked for New Belgium Brewery, so you know beer, oh, yeah. things like that. Okay. Gotcha. And his title was Beer Ranger. Oh, that's a good <laughs> that's one. A, that's that's a great title. And he well, and he said, "I'm the Beer Ranger." There. Did he wear a white hat and uh, yeah, no. a silver car? No, he drove oh. a Subaru, and uh, <laughs> I think he wore sandals. He was oh, just okay. broke, that's still it doesn't matter either way. Broke the image, but he was a marathoner and done stuff. And so we're sitting at these national championships. Of a, it was Olympic distance, which is about a quarter of an Ironman. And for the, if you don't know, the Ironman is two and a half mile, two point four mile swim, one hundred twelve mile bike ride, then a marathon yeah, after that. It's grueling. It's uh, you have seventeen hours to finish. You know, and that's the goal is you want to finish um, yeah. in that time. 
And sounds terrible. So you gotta if you even take the whole 17 <laughs> hours, it's like you're torturing yourself for a whole day. I spent my first one was 16 hours and 20 minutes. So I used a lot of the time <laughs> to do that one. The next one was a little over 15. I'd cut I'd cut 45 minutes off of it. Yeah. But it was um, we were sitting around this Olympic distance one and he's saying, you know, we should do this. This is the inaugural race in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I'm like, dude, I've done a quarter of that distance. I'm, I'm an old fat guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be going to do anything. He hands me a beer. So he keeps talking. He hits me back up again. No, no, I'm not going to hands me another beer. So about four beers later. Yeah, we're going to sign up. That's a really good idea. Yeah, I'm the beer <laughs> ranger. You're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, so we signed up um went over there uh to do it it was uh the hottest it had ever been in a race they had the highest dropout rate of any race that they had because it was 105 degrees at one point on on oh the bike Lord. ride yeah, and, and i probably if i'd have missed two more minutes of training i probably wouldn't have been able to, to finish i'm mean, <laughs> sort of that that oh minimal gosh. that minimal thing um but i did you, did you lose like 20 pounds or something when you did this because that's what happens on those things uh well not during the race i mean i did lose like i was drinking a lot of beverages and stuff and you know trying to keep hydrated because it was so hot so i didn't have a dehydration mm -hmm. problem um but it, you know and during the training and stuff i i didn't really lose a lot of weight during training but i could eat anything i wanted and not gain any more weight right. so that was <laughs> that was always nice that's my problem during the off season is I'm still eating like I was training, but I wasn't. So I'd always oh, pack yeah. on some weight in well, the off season. Used to it, right? So yeah, but yeah. So it was it was you know I just did that. You know, it was an asthmatic and stuff crossing that. I was 41, I think, at the time I did the first one. So you know, an old fat wow. guy that was in band in high school and didn't have a lot of athletic background to do that, but he, you know, hey, I can do this, and I did it while I was working. Hopefully you uh, played yeah. a wind instrument that helped you out a bit, maybe. I, I played trumpet, but I yeah. carried it around more than I did breathe, I think. Oh, okay. Well, usually <laughs> people with a wind instrument, they get better lungs. Uh, I get, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it was, uh, you know, it, it's, it was always allergy induced. So it was not, you know, there were a couple of times I ended up in the emergency room, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just something you live with. I, I, I didn't yeah. think anything about it. I just, I don't know what a normal person's breathing pattern feels like. <laughs> Usually yeah. there's no wheezing. Uh, that's the big difference, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> they don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get me laughing sometimes because the allergy season comes around here and I start that laughing. You, you, you're you, familiar with that. You start that laughing. It's like the laugh of death. <laughs> yeah, you start wheezing and carrying on. <laughs> yeah. But that, so that's interesting. So this, so there's a second thing now that you've, well, this one was a little bit more uh liquid courage goal. Uh, we'll say. Well, it but, started, uh, but I signed up for a second one and there's okay, no alcohol so that one involved. Was, that one wasn't, you weren't cajoled <laughs> into that one. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I knew I was getting into it. It was one of those things. Okay. Well, you know, there's a lot of people's done one, well, yeah. not a lot, but I mean, but fewer have done two right so right, yeah exactly yeah because after they do one they're like i'm not doing this again this is yeah. terrible yeah it was like well, that was a stupid I idea watched it on, I, I, i've never participated i've seen it on television mm -hmm. um i think abc sports used to have it as a NBC annual used thing to, yeah nbc ABC. i think it made the round john tesh yeah. used to actually do it and then he did the music there for for a while while I yeah it was it was grueling these poor people i swear it was just grueling i can't imagine I just was mentioning the the weight thing. I uh, mm -hmm. many many moons ago, I worked at United Parcel Service loading trucks. Oh, yeah. and literally, if you took any a week off, like for your vacation or whatever, you'd gain yeah. twenty pounds. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming you would lose 
that weight if you had to work really hard like that. So in yeah. a one day kind of thing, I'm sure that's more than I worked. Uh, I forget how many calories. Service, so. I mean, cause I, you have to eat. That's another challenge is the nutrition because you don't have enough calories stored up to do. Right. An Iron Man overexerting. Yeah. So you you get most of your calories on the bike, and trying to find a balance to do that that doesn't make you puke on the side of the road. <laughs> you, know, you have that. Um, they oh, had it was great. an interesting thing. They had chicken broth on the run piece, and I'm like, who the hell wants chicken broth when you're out there running? <laughs> but it was actually the best. The sodium in there, it was the best thing. I was like, cra- I was like, really? I was a chicken broth junkie. By the time we got That's through, interesting. Like, so, like when more. they run to grab those cups, there's some of them have chicken broth. In yeah, them? they're chicken broth, and I think of it like a, a pickle juice and stuff too. Some something where you get the sodium and the liquid at the same time. You, so you're uh, have your shorts full of bullion cubes as you were going through there. <laughs> well, so, you, I was just trying to say, okay, I I hope I have to pee at some point in time. That's I <laughs> say if if you have to do that, if you're not having then, to, do then that, you're doing you're, good, right? <laughs> well, if you don't have to, then you're getting dehydrated. Yeah, you're gonna go. Um, uh, I did learn to actually pee while I was still riding the bike. Now that's a special skill to take when you can do that while you're like still it would in be motion. Very comfortable. <laughs> And well, you know, you're sweating so much, nobody knows the difference. I think Lance Armstrong has a master course uh, on that one. Peeing yeah, while riding. I think, yeah, he has to do that. How do you get the drugs out of your system while That's you're right. doing that? <laughs> Before the finish line. Exactly. Get all that stuff out. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, so I was also, uh, so it seems like you've had a pretty successful career. I was actually reading your bio from your e speaker thing because mm-hmm. I look for a bio on your. Uh, uh, DougThompson.com yeah, uh, website, I, I, yeah. but you didn't have anything. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. So I'm, I found one over there on the speakers yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to, I got to figure out, cause I did all the work to put that thing up and I've got to do, I got to replicate. I got to work on the website. Yeah. So it, it's, well, my, I mean, it's fine. I don't, yeah. I just, I just thought for sure that I would find something there. And then, well, I will add that it's a special, it's a special. You just point, you just point it over to your speaker thing. It's already done. You yeah. just have to put a link on there. You'll be all yeah. good. Well, there is a couple things book me to do it. I didn't need more Claire, more info, something like that, but that's a good, good, a good so tip then, there from the cat. So then I'm, since I brought it up, this, the speaker thing. So I'm thinking, so did the speaker thing come after the Ted talk or was that something that you were doing already? No, that the speaker, the speaker site and all that um, is just something I've done in the last probably four to six months. Ooh, okay. I so have been new, doing the new like, goal. I'm, I'm finding all these. It's goals a new goal. Here. It's a new goal. Oops, it's it's, sorry, it's dog hair. Goodness gracious. That's all right. It, it's actually what I want to do when I grow up. You know, I finally decided what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> okay. And you know, so just build a speaker. So I'm trying to do this a little bit on the side. Do some stuff that's not necessarily work related, but build that piece up for the, for the time when I no longer am a sales nerd mm-hmm. and I do that full time. So that's why I'm building that piece of it up. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a side hustle type thing like mm-hmm. many of us have today, Yeah. but, but I like to get more at bats. I mean, the ultimate goal is, you know, of course money's energy. If you're, if you, if you think about it that way and I need, um, my goal is to help as many people as I can, especially technically oriented people, Mm-hmm. Learn to tell better stories because because I see a lot in my business in the tech business I see a lot of brilliant people that if they're talking to somebody else that's equivalent education and skill set mm-hmm. they can have a great conversation but if you they tried to explain that to a customer what the value is or how it's going to solve their problem which is the area that I live in mm-hmm. they can't do it 
if they get yeah. down, I call it text planning is what they get into. They start <laughs> okay. like little mansplaining man technology, text, right? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so they get in this text planning, and it really limits their success in the long run of their career. So I want to give them the two. I mean, anybody, everybody needs to learn to tell better stories. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. a given. It's it's a skill that they don't teach in school. They don't, you know, it's everything's text anymore. So you don't learn right. the art of conversation. Yeah, so, they they don't. Uh, you're right. They don't do. Uh, you and I are uh, are you know kind of in the upper tier, shall we say? Yeah, they, they don't. They don't do. Uh, <laughs> even whenever I was in school, uh, doing speeches was not. Uh, yeah. required. I, I took a speech class, but it, but it's even more than that. I mean, we always had to write stories for English or something. So there was always something going right. on. Yeah. I went to a, it's funny thing is I went to a um, high school reunion. I won't mention how many decades it was, but it's a little while back. We were starting to do the over under and how many people are still it's alive. Five years. I know. Five years. <laughs> yeah. So how many people are still alive when we come back? But they had some memorabilia. You know, Don't bring the, the obituaries. Yeah. yeah that would okay. be horrible. Here's my obituary <laughs> scrapbook. So, but anyway, they had some memorabilia for that. And, and I'm looking in there and they had this uh, tardy slip. You know, back back in the day, you used to have to do that. Right. And I'm looking at it and I, and I, and it's, you know, my name signed on it. And I'm like, oh, what, Uh-oh. what, what is, what is this? And it said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm late. You know, all the, all the Cokes fell off a Coke truck and the road was blocked. Now, <laughs> it was it was excused so obviously i still told a good story Ooh, you know they the didn't have cell phones and, and twitter yeah. to sort of you know prove my story right, wrong yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. goodness but um I, so look, I've, I've told stories even from back then you know when, when you do it you look back but you know i, I talked to college kids as well i say college kids i talked to graduates and stuff try i have a talk called your career doesn't have a syllabus Mm-hmm. because you know they've been in this environment where they know what it takes to succeed you know i've got oh, right yeah it's i've got to follow out. all this yeah. other stuff and when you get to the corporate world or you get in work life you don't have one of those no you know, how do you get ahead and how do you do that and part of that thing is being able to tell a story sometimes they even change the uh goal for you they're like oh yeah if you get well, here then we've got it and they go wait a minute no i meant over there <laughs> yeah, constantly. Yeah, especially in technology, it's it's. Like if you're you not keep going, moving it forward on you. Yeah. Like, hey, wait a minute! I thought I was doing good, and now we're all behind here. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. So I, anyway, I try to get them to think that way as well. Um, but but again, if I go in and I do some mock interviews and say, "Why should I hire you?" and they'll start reading me the resume. I say, "No, no, no! I I read the resume. You know, why I could hire anybody from this school and not get fired because mm-hmm. you're all brilliant." Why should I hire you? What makes you unique? And they can't tell me. And I said, that's the very <laughs> first story you need to master is why. <laughs> oh, What's that? Yeah, What's give your yourself some context, right? So yeah, why you need to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just trying to, you know, I, my goal is to help other people, again, tell better the story so they can be them best selves mm-hmm. on that. And God's given me the gift to be able to relate to people, to tell stories, to, um, you know, sort of, give them some tools that they don't have. And then my job is out to go ahead and share that. So on that note, then what do you think, why do you think that you have that? What, where do, where do you think that spark came from? Oh, I, I tried to pin that down and it's about connecting with people. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, you know, being an asthmatic where I had to sit on the sidelines and I didn't get to talk to a lot of people and stuff, I, yeah. I needed that connection. So I, how do I 
get into where I can relate to people. I was an only child, so I didn't, you know, I didn't had dogs and you know, they're good listeners, but they, they can't repeat <laughs> anything back. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I said, you know, that's, but I've always liked reading and I like stories and like mysteries and you know, like I, back in the day it was the Hardy boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would read those things. And, and I like that good story. And I think I just sort of was naturally attracted to that. Not naturally, but from whatever environment. And I just incorporated those things over time because I found them to be impactful. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize I had anything special when I was, uh, it, this happened about 10, 12 years, maybe 10 years ago at my former employer, mm-hmm. where we're trying to interview people for a similar role, a similar position to what I had on, on our team. And we went through probably 20 people and, and they were very smart people. Mm-hmm. But my manager says they, they just can't tell a story like you can to connect yeah. with people. And so at that time, it sort of dawned on me that I've got something that is, you know, enough people tell you that, that you should probably listen to them after a bit, you know, cause I'd get up and give a presentation or they give something that you've got a gift that you do it so often that you don't think about it. You don't think about right. it as anything special. Much like you when you're talking, you're questioning and stuff like that. You don't think about that because you've done it so long from radio days and stuff. And you have to focus on that. And and so I just sort of, it was a bit, I fell into it. I was naturally attracted to it. I was a little bit like an athlete or where I started playing a sport and I was, Mm -hmm. I found I was gifted at it, but I would keep working, right? I keep sharpening the saw there to borrow a a Stephen Covey thing. But I like reading. I still (laughs) like that today. Yeah. Covey, that's funny. I, I, I'm aware. I'm familiar with Stephen Covey, but the. Uh, but I was wondering if there's anybody in your in your past. So, like, if I had to go back and somebody would say, you know, Bob, uh, uh, you, you know, your personality. You know, what was that spark for your personality? I would say probably for me it would be a combination of people. But my grandfather was very much a character. Uh, and not quite like a cat character, but he was a character in his own way. And I think I really enjoyed what it, watching him interact with people. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that he interacted with people was such uh, so interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, when you're watching that, I think a lot of times that becomes, you know, your point uh, of emulation. Some people may be a television personality or something, but right. it doesn't always have to be a family member. But I was just curious to see if you had any any person or or kind of experience that said, this is what kind of pushed me in this direction. Yeah, my dad was a bit of a character um, too. But I remember this was back in the days where he had AM radio. FM was still sort of the new scary thing that Paul Harvey <laughs> would go oh, on. Oh, Paul Harvey. Good day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so he did the news right at noon. I'd right. always try to listen to that. But the the rest of the story piece that we'd tell later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I, I really love the that. The rest of the story. Yeah. No, yeah. it was he did such a weird delivery that it was it was backwards. It. He told the story in reverse. Yeah. You're always trying to guess at who that was. And Mike Rose oh, sort of redid he's a that. Yoda the of radio it. back then there. Yeah. I mean, and Mike Rose sort of paid homage to that in, in the way I heard it doing the same thing is it was a little bit of learning with that. And it was always, you're trying to guess, right? You're so engaged in what it was. And I liked the way that that worked. In fact, in my TED talk, if you notice, I start off with a question and mm-hmm. a story about somebody and it's later in, in the talk, do you find out who those people are? So that was right. a little homage to that as well. Yeah, loop, loop back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they snuck the, the commercial in so easily that Paul yeah. Harvey was sneaky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right at the, right at the pinnacle. He's got you in there to sneak the commercial in. That's right. He snuck that commercial. I'm like, 
That guy, you're right. Paul Harvey yeah. is a, a he's a person of of interest there. I can that, remember and, and, it so well. He hasn't been around yeah. forever, so yeah. Yeah, I know that. And, you know, his son took over and did some things for him. Actually, his son wrote most of the rest of the story things for him, and he just mm -hmm. delivered it. But I like that. I always like comedians uh, with the stories and the way that they deliver things too. Because mm -hmm. I like to laugh. But comedians were were always very good at at that of storytelling and the timing and the way to pull in humor and, and things like that. So, you know, I think all those things combined, just, it was, I was just an attraction that I had for it. I can't point to a single event that was that or a single person that, that did that better. I mean, like I said, my dad was okay, but that, you know, I think Paul Harvey, I'll blame him. <laughs> Good day. Yeah. So Good day. the, um, so then that brings us, I'm going to loop back up to the speaker thing. So yeah. you're obviously, you've had a good, uh, solid career. I go through all the points on your bio, but uh, people can go read that if they want to. Mm -hmm. But So you're you're saying that when you grow up, you want to be the speaker. So mm -hmm. is it because, so you want to impart, you obviously have already mentioned that you want to help people and so yeah. forth. So, um, I mean, what what's the... You know, what's the end game on that? Do you want to just do uh, live talks? Do you want to do workshops? I mean, wh where are we at with all that then? Yeah, that's, I think it's going to be a mixture of things. So when I'm on stage and, you know, I'm delivering a talk or whatever, it could be 20 minutes or it could be two hours, depending on what it is. Most of them are educational of some sort of mm -hmm. time as I'm doing it. I hope they all sometimes edutainment, I like to call it. Right. We're going to have some laughs. <laughs> we're going to do that. Right. But I've got a lot of energy, you know, and it's, it's one of those things. It's a little bit like a rock star in that, you know, that Bob Seger has that old song and he talks about, you know, every, turn the page and he says, look, mm -hmm. every bit of energy you leave on the stage. And I do it because when I'm done, yeah. regardless if it's two minutes or 20 minutes or, or two hours, I'm exhausted. I need to go back, find some place <laughs> to sort of recover a little I bit. I need some chicken broth. Yeah, exactly. And... I need some chicken broth. Exactly. <laughs> That's, I can put that on my writer. I want some chicken broth. Yeah, I need side. a little chicken broth and some... Uh, and all know, the brown M&Ms that, that Van Halen didn't want. Or who was... Who That's was right. It yeah, that was, they didn't want any uh, brown M&Ms or green M&Ms. Yeah, remember. something like that. So I want all those things after I'm yeah. done. But I... I I get so much energy from doing that. And if there's one person, all I need is one person out of the audience to come up afterwards and ask a question about it, say something about it, then it makes that all for me worth it. I mean, it's an energy exchange in that I get so much back from that. So to your point though, um, you know, the, the talks are going to be great. I'd like to do th some, you know, travel with my wife and I can take her in a few places as well. So we can sort of travel and do some vacations. Um, she can come along with me because I've traveled around the world in my job and I haven't been able to take her. Right. So I'd like to take her, but workshops are, are well as too, because then it's one to many, right? So uh, any mm -hmm. of the one to many things, and they're a little bit more intimate. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we've had some in, in all the corporate jobs that I've had, we've had some, we've had some that have been bad, but ours would be, mine would be fun. Right. So I want to, again, it's just something that I get to share. So, so both those things, yeah, workshops, for sure. Um, but, mm -hmm. but stages, definitely. That's the ones that really, again, I, I, nothing like being on stage with red shoes that looks like you're floating around. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, yeah, there was a, well, this doesn't go in the direction that you want, but there's red shoe diaries was an old show. Yeah, was, I, <laughs> Actually, yeah. My daughter read a few of those things. And I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's interesting because I do think uh, it is, I think that 
that direction, especially after, you know, you've had so much experience, I can imagine that, you know, someone would say, here's a, here's a person who's got all this sales experience. Why don't we bring them in and have them give them a pep, pep talk to all the losers we have here who aren't doing enough, <laughs> <laughs> enough sales, but it, it really is interesting. I, I found that aspect. That's uh, kind of the reason I wanted to talk to you was, it was yeah. more on that uh, note was to say, you know, what drives you in this direction? And it seems like you are, you're setting yourself up, it sounds like to me, uh, for a, a retirement of, of fun and pleasurable, you know, experiences yeah. with all this. I I can't fish. I can't. <laughs> so I got to do something. When, and my knees are bad. Well, you so haven't put it on your goal. goal list. Yeah. So, I, so what is the next goal? So you've got yourself on the speaker's uh, thing, and you've done your TED talk, and you've you've done your uh, you know triathlons and so forth. What what's next on the uh, Doug Thompson you know goal list? Uh, I, I think I. I don't assume room temperature. I think by the time I've done all that other stuff, <laughs> I want to do it until then. It's, um, you know, I, I just, cause it's, I, I just, I, the energy exchange that I get in doing that and the feeling that I get, it's like a drug that has no side effects, no hangover, no bad side effects. It's actually mm -hmm. therapeutic side effects that come with it. And until I'm no longer impactful or, you know, it's just, I, I think I'll, I'll know when it's time to sort of just sort of sit on the porch and go, you know, uh, grow old at that point in time, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it keeps my mind engaged too. You know, I've still, right. got, I like to yeah. say I got the inside my mind. I'm still 13 years old. Right. And, you know, he has a, he has a little more discipline than that, but, <laughs> it keeps me young and and always sort of questioning things and I watch my grandkids. So right. uh, I, that's the end goal. I will do this until I can no longer get up and go do it. Um, you know, that's, that's, and one day I'll just ride off in the sunset sometime. Oh, okay. Well, I, w I was hoping you're going to give me something else, Doug. You might want to think about it. <laughs> Well, I mean, we could play golf. You know, we can work on that. Oh, I, mean, well, I, I know golf is fun. Golf is fun, but that's the usual. So so far, you've yeah. kind of done what I would call the unusual. I mean, you. So real quick before we wrap up here, so we haven't even mentioned your podcast, uh, DougThompson.com, the podcast. So, and I read that you do podcasts for your work, but why would you do? If you're doing it for work, why are you doing it for yourself as well? What's the end goal yeah. on that one then? Well, I mean, it could start making some money too, maybe. But I, I do it to interview interesting people because I like different, mm -hmm. like today, where I got a tidbit that I can go use to use in my talks going forward. But it's, it's learning. It's, it's a learning experience where I get to talk to interesting people that have great stories and stuff. Like you're the first cat, you know, blue cat I've got to interview. <laughs> um, you know, my stretch goals. I don't think I would go telling of... people that, to be honest. I may be thinking that you're, uh, you're yeah. the, hanging out with the beer ranger too much. Yeah. Well, you know, that there are, there are things in life that's worse than that, <laughs> but it, it's the, you know, I, I just like talking to interesting people, helping them again in, in helping them tell their story. Cause I, cause I have had some guests and you, you may have had that as well, that sometimes they get a little stuck in their head or something like that. And, 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 you know, our goal as a host, which you're doing a great job of, by the way, is to make the guests look good. Right. So, Thanks, so it's, Doug, it, that's exactly it's a, what I wanted you to say. That's the only <laughs> soundbite I need. It's a, it's no, a I'm mental, 
it's you no, know, that's why it's a mental challenge for myself to get in and do these in these conversations. How can we leave this a where it's going or something like that? I mean, I can't do three hours like Mr. Rogan. I mean, he he you know he gets off on these other things. He's got I a lot of people. On, yeah, I mean, I honestly like just just talking to people. It comes from the sales the sales stuff, and then I do the connections that I make, and and you know, make, then making a connection afterwards, and like, hey, you you want somebody that can do X Y Z? I just talked to them last week. You know, let's let's mm-hmm. go do something like that. So, um, it, it's just a, another way to get better at speaking because as you're talking to other people, again, I can enhance my story, learning different analogies or learning to listen. And, and and that's really a good host listens because then there's things that go unsaid or you, we took a couple of interesting tangents based off my answer that I'm sure you didn't have planned. And it's oh, a little improv, right? plan, Doug. That's the problem. <laughs> well, so that's the thing is it makes for an interesting journey. It's just like you've seen an old friend or you want to get to know somebody and it's that journey that you take together. So, I mean, we'll, you know, we may redo these things. You know, I may have you on again, you know, when, uh, when you're an old blue and gray cat uh, to, <laughs> to do that, to explore some different things. But, you know, it's just a, it's an interesting thing. I get to meet some really cool people. So, I mean, it, for me, yeah, there's some work production and these other things, but I really still like it because of the conversation and stuff that goes on with it. That's fantastic. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up here, Doug. I want to appreciate I appreciate you being here tonight with me. And uh, I know they don't know it's night. I shouldn't say that, but uh, <laughs> uh, for this re- for this uh, recording, I appreciate it. And everybody, check out uh, thedougthompson.com for Doug Thompson's podcast. And you know, uh, can I can I say that you're on the eSpeakers? Is that okay? Please, I you know I'm, okay. I'm on that. Yeah, I uh, please reach out if you got an event or something. I do MC work as well. Because yeah. again, we're going to just have some fun. I again, you you want we won't have a bad time. We're going to have some fun on it. Um, you know, you you will have some bad jokes. We'll have some. You hope you can understand text again. All I want is just a, you know an audience, and we're going to have a good time. There you go, and you can look him up at eSpeakers.com. and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know maybe he can come to your neck of the woods and tell you some uh, different stories. Oh, I got lots of them. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Bob. <laughs>